I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Monday, and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. Hey there, Sarah. How are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. All right. I am a little uh, weekend logged. I'm trying to shake it off. What was your weekend like? How, how did it go? Max and I went to the New York Knicks basketball game. I saw some pictures on Max's Instagram. That You had good seats. We did. It was So it was my birthday present to him. Oh, that's really nice. It's it's Basketball is an interest we both share. We both played. Max played through high school. I played mm-hmm. into college. And we love it. So it's one of those things that if you can get us together at a basketball game, we like geek out like best friends. So. And the Knicks are like, it's like a Knicks exciting are doing time great. right now. So that's cool. They have a couple injuries. So they weren't, they lost. Oh, but it was you. still amazing. Yeah. Amazing basketball. Yeah. Um, did you have like good seats for you? But courtside, did you see courtside. other celebrities? We saw celebrities. Um, did you see how I said other celebrities? Wasn't that nice? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I was trying to be nice to you. Um, we saw, I saw Martha Stewart. Okay. That's a good um, one. I saw, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name from The Office. Um, Shroot Farms. Oh, cool. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Yeah. That's his name. Rain Wilson. And I did not recognize him. He had scruff and everything. And until mm-hmm. he was on the cam, I was like, where's Rain Wilson? Did you get on the cam? I didn't get on the cam. I mean, uh-huh. I always say like there's there were like kind of big celebrities there. Yeah. They did have a bunch of people from like cop movies and things I didn't recognize. All right. I think that should be a goal for you to get on the cam. Oh, my God. If I get in the cam, I'd probably pretend it was a kiss cam and like make out with my husband. And yeah. they'd be like, it's not that camera, girl. I was I, one of my Fun things to do is to watch Kiss Cam Fails on YouTube. Oh, I love Kiss Cam. They're really exciting when people are like in the friend zone and the guy makes a move. And, and it's uncomfortable. Oh, it's just awful. It's it's so wonderful. See, I, I like beyond it. the Kiss Cam, just in regular games where they just shoot people dancing. Mm-hmm. I love the every time the moment of recognition when they yes. see themselves. It doesn't matter, man, woman, child, whatever. I always laugh so hard at their excitement. I've, got, I've gotten on the Jumbotron at Yankee Stadium a couple times. I so, thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah, it, uh, oddly cool for someone who gets to be on television occasionally. It doesn't matter. But, you know. That that's cooler. Um, all right. So I heard you had, uh, and I don't know any details about this. Um, I heard you had a makeup snafu oh my gosh. <laughs> of some kind. Please tell me about this. So we're going to the Knicks game, and I had a cute outfit. Like uh, Fran, our, our stylist, helped me think about. Like I was, I wanted to be basketball chic because right. when left to my own devices, you'll see what I'm wearing now. Yeah, jog pants and literally like a t-shirt. Yeah. So she, I had all the outfit ready, and I thought I'm going to try to put on my own lashes, fake lashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've watched Rebecca do this. I mean, I've watched all makeup artists do this every day for as long as I've been in TV. They always put lashes on you. I attempted to do it. And Brian, I'm mortified at my results. I had one eye glued shut. One was sticking. <laughs> <laughs> it was sticking sideways. And I kept thinking, this isn't permanent, Sarah, as the one eye is like closed. Cause I thought this glue comes off with makeup remover. So I'm trying to not mess up my makeup because you do your makeup your eyes first and right. then put it on while trying to also the amount of glue in that thing. It should only be on the part that adheres to your, like uh, your eye. I had make, I was trying to brush it out with a mascara comb. It was down the tips It one sticking sideways. I, it took me a long time to give up on it because I kept thinking, I think I can save this. There was nothing to save. This I sounds was, like an amazing get ready with me kind of uh, TikTok oh, that you should have done. That would have been fantastic. It was, but Brian, like it was equal to, Parts embarrassing yeah. and like rage inducing. Yeah. I was like, it's off. 
Mm-hmm. But that's Lush. your sweet spot. That's it fantastic. was so bad. But I think I am going to do a how-to with Rebecca because she, she said with a couple tries, you'll be able to do it. And I'm like, well, again, exhibit A from Saturday. I don't think you saw my eye shut. Yeah, I'd like to see video of you sewing your eye shut. Oh, it was so really bad. It was so bad. All right. Well, last week you kind of did a tease on the podcast because you, when you were here, you and Max were going on a double date with Alyssa and her husband, oh, Justin. Yes. I'm excited. How was it? So we've been trying to get together. We've been at weddings together and other events where we're like, we're going to get a date. But with us living outside of the city and having young kids, it's always like we've had, I don't, we've had one or two that fell through. We finally do it. We go to this great restaurant. We plop down. We had so much fun and it was, but the boy, the guys, Max loves a good cocktail. Right. They started drinking off this menu. I think they had one of every drink. There was a point where I lost track because they looked like they were spring breakers and that they were together. Alyssa, you know, we were worried about waking up in the morning and <laughs> and these guys are like going to be rolled out of here. I was, it, but you actually couldn't tell until the next morning when the text chain woke up again. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> Max, I th- or, Max wrote to Justin, I think we should have stopped. And then they're writing back and forth. And I was like, this bromance is hilarious because Alyssa and I already knew we liked each other. Right. Watching them together was really cute. Oh, that's really fun. It was an easy night out where you lose track of time, clearly lose track of count of drinks. Yeah, I don't want to see this on your expense report. I'm just telling yeah, you. No. But, yeah. Heck no. <laughs> but um, we had great food. They ordered for us. We had like dim sum and it was just such a pure fun night. I've been lucky enough to go out with you and Max and Max is a cocktail aficionado. Oh, he is. is uh, a cool thing. It's good, but he finds really great cocktails and they go down way too easy. All right. Well, I want to get on the calendar next again. Oh, can we please? Yes. Um, all right. So I have to talk about this. We talked about it a little bit the last time you were here, but NoteGate is continuing to explode. <laughs> For those who aren't following it, last week, Joy passed a note to Sonny live on the show and uh, Whoopi caught it in the middle, called it out. Then everyone was giggling. On Friday, this was the number three most searched thing on Google in the United States for several hours. Why do you think this got so much attention? I'm kind of amazed by this. Well, I mean, everyone wants to be on on a laugh. Yeah. So if you know something and you laugh, whenever I see people at our table laugh, I'm like, what are you talking about? And I want it to be funny because I love a laugh. With this one, the best part is even if people find the note, the note will not make sense without the context. Yeah. And the context was like three stories happening at the same time, which contributes to the hilarity of the note. Very clear reveal for what this is that can never come to light. Oh, God, no. Never. I mean, so I I think people need to understand that while a lot of times there are inside jokes and you wait and after a couple months, someone puts it in a book or something like that. This will never come out. This will never hit the light of day for sure. But it's also, honestly, it's the best parts of our job. When the kind of camaraderie of a group comes out, it's always in jokes. That's how you reveal how well you know each other. This moment was such pure gold. You can tell because Joy was the one saying, say nothing else, Sonny, say nothing else. No, I wanted to see her navigate this. For Joy to be like shut down and realize that something was going too far. Given everything else that happens on this show, you know. I liked watching Sunny squirm. Yeah, it She was... walked into it. She got her laugh. And then I wanted to see her get out of it. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, on a totally different note, I want to circle back to a hot topic from Friday's show that you were very passionate about. We were discussing how some clinics in Alabama are halting IVF treatments due to a court decision ruling that embryos are now considered minors. Now, this is mostly affecting IVF patients. Why did you have such a strong reaction to the topic? Well, if you're intellectually consistent, it should bother anyone. First of all, I, the, the conversation, whether it's talking about abortions and women's reproductive health and IVF, the consistent part is no one ever wants to have an abortion. Also, when it comes to IVF, no one 
wants to think about some of the things going on in the process, because you've invited science in, it didn't happen naturally, knowing the plight of these individuals, because some people do it on their own, couples, gay couples often have to deal with IVF. Lots of women I know have done IVF. You know the hope they place in this process. And it might just be affecting Alabama right now, but that's the beginning of everything. Whenever you start going down a slope like this, you're indicting the entire industry. This is the only way people can have families. This is putting on the shoulders of primarily women, again, once again, just another thing to have to deal with. People in IVF often have so much shame and grief, and it's a journey that they also have so much stress, doctors will say, when you stop thinking about it, because their hopes are on every pregnancy test, on every pro- – I mean, there's just so much that goes through Emotionally, this. Emotionally, it's been compared to almost going through cancer. I've heard. Oh, yes. I mean, it, yes. It's, it's that stressful and that hard. And and it's not just emotional. It's physical. You are pumping yourself full of hormones. You are uh, part of the reason I knew if I didn't have babies naturally, I couldn't do IVF is I'm so in touch with my mental health and knowing what women go through when they pump their bodies full of these hormones was I'm out. So the courage of all these people to go through this all in the name of loving a, a child, I think you have to understand it right, which is this is science. Science stepped in. It had to step in. And how grateful are we that we have doctors and scientists that can now help us create families. But the 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 reality of this situation spells itself out. You don't have to care to see the problem with these conversations and this court ruling and everything else. Well, I think the silver lining of it, if there is one, is that it's shining a light on people's actual feelings about a topic yeah. where people talk about things in, in kind of the ether and they say like, oh, Republicans like this, Democrats like this. No, we're finding out most people, a large majority of people want families to be able to use IVF to yeah. to have families and uh, and to help people out. But it's funny because I have been saying for years in our meetings when we talk about people who see a lot of this through a religious filter, all the weight has fallen on low-income pe- people that rely on certain services, Planned Parenthood, not just for a, a 1% of the use of those places is for abortions. It's for health care. But we watch as the hammer has come down on people's right to family planning. I have said over and over again— If you're going to come for that group, you need to come for IVF, which I don't believe. But in the name of consistency, you cannot call it one thing when other people are going through it and then another thing when you're going through it. And I think we need to demystify this process and make it about the science that it is because science is what brought you this. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's uh, I think the conversations we're having are good and I want to keep having them on the show because it's important. Okay, we'll be right back. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. 
It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers' group text podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, we have a listener call. I always want to make time for our listener calls. So uh, let's take a listen. Hey, Sarah, like you, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Minnesota. And I was just curious, what was the most shocking or eye-opening thing leaving Iowa and moving to New York City? Obviously, two very different places. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for that question. Um, I I, I had to think back a little bit because I've been here since, you know, 2000, 2001. And all these stories started to flood into my head. Uh, the people and the congestion of New York City was one of the hardest things to adjust to for me. Because as you know, grow, if you're from the Midwest, it is commonplace when you walk down a street and you see someone, you greet them. You don't know them. You don't have to know them. You greet them. It's a common just exchange. I didn't want to learn how to use the subway when I first moved here because it overwhelmed me. So I would walk from my apartment on the Upper East Side to my job. And I was exhausted in all the greetings I had all the way to work. And my brother was like, Sarah, you've got to stop greeting everyone. Like, <laughs> literally now it gives me visions of like Kimmy Schmidt. I, I like came out of a bomb shelter. Like, I was like waving to, you know, not literally every single body, but anyone I made eye contact with. I was like, good morning, you know, this. And so my brother also told me, he's like, Sarah, stop making eye contact with people. In New York City, if they're making eye contact with you, it's not a good thing. Look away. And then I would also, I'd always pack a lunch because I was making so little money and I could not make it to work with my lunch because you're going to end up seeing someone that needs it more than you. But I hit a really low point one day because I give my lunch away. And about halfway down the block, I realized that my roommate's spoon was there with the yogurt. And Mm -hmm. so I go running back to this poor homeless man. And I said, (laughs) excuse me, sir, if you don't mind if I take this spoon back, it's my roommate. She'll kill me. (laughs) And he was like, okay. Wow. But that, that to me is the shocking part because you don't see those things when you're from the Midwest. And that was a lot to adjust to. I always have so much respect for people that take the plunge and come here without having experienced it. I grew up on Long Island, so yep. I was around the city. I came in with my parents, but I was still always really intimidated by Manhattan. It wasn't until I was interning that I used to come here by myself and I was going through college. But my wife grew up in a very small town in, in Virginia. Yeah, in rural Virginia. She came to NYU having never spent any time in yeah. the city beforehand and just basically went early acceptance and came to NYU and was living in Manhattan. And she was so naive. She's come a long way. But I mean, she thought that Broadway was one theater. 
I thought it was one street. That, okay. Like, well, it is one street. Yeah, but, but where all the theaters were on yeah. that street. She thought there was one theater on Broadway, and at any given time, there was one show that was on Broadway. What's on Broadway this month? It's this. Well, I couldn't understand why, if it wasn't situated on Broadway, why it was called. Why wasn't it called off Broadway? Yeah. The whole idea of audience size took me a minute to okay. learn. Well, this is why you guys get along. Yeah, I but think. you know what? The other thing is, it's my parents were no help. Mm-hmm. So I come out and I'm at school with mostly Northeasterners. I'm at Smith College in Massachusetts. Everyone's talking about the city, and I'm like. Which city, you know, and I didn't realize there was only one the city and that's New York. Yeah. So it took me a minute. I come here one time when I'm 19 and then the next time I move here, my mom's telling me things like, don't wear your jewelry on the subways. And I was like, what jewelry? I don't have jewelry. (laughs) And then she's like, and definitely don't go anywhere past 8 p.m. That's like the afternoon in New York City. Right. She's still to this day after years of living here, I'd be on the subway going to Brooklyn where we lived. And she's like, should you be there? I'm like, mom, if you saw the age of people right now, there are 10 year olds by themselves. Like we, this is New York City. I was being led by the worst example. My mom was quoting like 1980s New York City from the movies. Look, She's from Kansas. Bottom line, you know, New York gets a bad rap. And yeah. I think um, it, it is someplace you definitely have to keep your wits about you, of course, like any big city. Don't wear your jewelry. You can wear your jewelry. <laughs> just keep your eye on it. And it, it's no uh, it's no worse than any other big city, in my humble I had opinion. Claire's boutique earrings. And I don't think they were going to I don't think my life was at risk. OK. All right. <laughs> Well, let's let's, do, let's go to a uh, cutting room floor hot topic if we yeah. have a second here. Um, and just a little inside uh, info for people listening at home. Often when I do the cutting room floor hot topics, the hot topics team is mad at me the next day because they want to do it on the show. And they're like, you wasted a good hot topic. It, we might still do it. Who knows? You're, you're workshopping it here with me. I'm only one-fifth of the panel. Yeah. I'm sure more people want to chime in. I think it'll be fine. All right. So there was a story about a group of women going to Vegas for a bride's bachelorette trip. Oh, yeah, this and is just bad. one of the friends surprised the group by hiring strippers in their hotel suite. The bride then hooked up with one of the strippers. Now, the friend of the bride plans to tell the groom that she cheated. Should what happens in Vegas stay in Vegas? No, I think it's just like what happens between in a relationship should stay between those two people. I don't think you can step into this. No, I agree. Some of them were also like contemplating not being in the wedding anymore because they didn't feel comfortable. It, it's all hard. I mean, it is awkward to know something and feel like you are owning that, but it's really the bride's duty. Mm-hmm. I mean, she hooked up with a stripper. Maybe someone should just warn this man who he's marrying. <laughs> I just, well, here's the thing. And, and I got, I got some stink eye from people in the meeting when I brought this up, but who does this? I think it's a, a lot of people do this. No, it's a dude thing. I, I think, think. The, the concept of a bachelor bachelorette party. And I'm going to preface this by saying I didn't have a bachelor party because I wasn't allowed to. Hi, honey. Because you have this take, I don't. Good job, Heather. Because you I think, dodged a bullet I, because there. I think it's it, there's some truth to the take that it's kind of considered a last night out of freedom. No, no, no. By Th- that was literally a lie created by a man who wanted a stripper. Well, so what I'll say is. M- I think a bachelorette party or bachelor party should be a night out with people who love and support you. If you're 22 and in Vegas, maybe this happens. But if you're you're a regular age person getting married, what you do is what I did. I invited a mix. Ran around a cornfield? No, I was in New York City. Thank you. But I had everyone. My brother was my man of honor. So, of course, Joe was there. I also Mm -hmm. had one of my favorite friends, Darrell. He's a guy from NBC. I had a mixed group of people. And we did karaoke and drank all night. It's a night that's about you. It's not about if you're looking at the marriage the way it should be, which is it's about every day after the wedding, not just the wedding, Mm -hmm. then it's not a send off party for you to get your last like 
I think traditionally it is a sense. No, it party. is not. I think it's uh, no. That's what men say. Okay. Well, women have never said this. By okay. the way, think about what you're doing. It's a strip. You invited them there. To be clear, I did not do this because and, you didn't have a chance. Good no, job. Heather. I had. A, I ended up. I had a uh, faux. I had a gathering with my friends at a at a bar, and we had a nice time, and it was fine. Yeah, and Heather was spying the whole night. Good Most job, likely. Heather. Yeah, yeah, she was. I think she was in the bar. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. And. You know, and, and, and I think she had actually a more raucous bachelorette party than I had a bachelor party. But that's beside the point. Anyway, I just think it's not as unusual as the people in this hot topic seem to think it is. I actually think it probably happens. You bring in alcohol and strippers. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I'm not that tempted. I'd like to, like, look at someone from across the produce section of Whole Foods and, like, have a moment. That's like, your bachelorette party? You're going to go to Whole Foods? No. And wistfully look at people no, across the... No, but I'm the... saying it's such a... It's like... A, and by the way, I know... I, I was going to say I know... Some really classy strippers. I don't know strippers, but I know yeah, there are I don't people want a stripper that are, shame. yeah, that are really talented dancers and performers. But like seriously, I, I just have no words. This okay. is let's try one more hot topic. Here. Okay. One quick hot topic. A woman wrote into the Washington Post saying she brought her friend to her membership only tennis club as a guest, and her friend ended up making new friends there. And now she goes and plays as guests of other people without the original friend that brought her. <laughs> have you ever been a friend poacher? I would. Um, I don't think I've poached friends. I, I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. I'm, um, at, but I and I think I've been poached. But I tend to think if you're sitting around obsessing about this, that's why no one's inviting you to join the group. Tell like, me about you being poached. Uh, going out with other people and then they call you outside of that. Right, and then you you have no second thoughts about it. You're no, because like, oh, okay. that's how life works. It's a, like a, a web. That's how you meet people is you get introduced through one friend and then you can't even remember who originally invited you. But if you're sitting at home pining over the fact that your fun friend got poached at tennis, mm-hmm. you're the problem. You're the you. problem. <laughs> All right. So you don't want to be locked down by anybody. No. Mm-hmm. Poach away. All right. You have some friends I like. I, I could poach some of your friends. I welcome it. I don't have the energy to keep up with all these friendships. You need to poach. All right. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. Tomorrow, I'll be here with our guest from tomorrow's show, award-winning journalist and podcast host, Kara Swisher, alongside our very own Alyssa Farah Griffin. Oh, that'll be a good one. The number to call or text us with questions is right here in the episode description. Thank you all for listening. Please let us know what you're enjoying and write some reviews and talk about it. Do you like when we have guests from the show sit in on the podcast? I'm enjoying that. Um, Sarah? Do you like our host? Do you like our host? I'm enjoying that. Let me tell you. Definitely review. Everyone loves the host. Everyone loves the host. Bry guys are everywhere. Hashtag bry guys. All right. They only have eyes for you. That's right. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip, 
In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.